mortgages. And so the lenders for all insured mortgages, they let you borrow up to 39% of your monthly income towards housing. Housing is the mortgage payment at the stress test, plus your property taxes, strata, and heat. So all of those numbers need to stay under 39% as long as your credit is over 680. My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Okay, welcome everybody to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. I'm uh, joined by a special guest today, Billy Christensen. From Lend- uh, she's a lending advisor at BRX Mortgage. Thank Hi. you for joining us, Billy. Hi, Parker. How are you? Good. I'm great. Thanks. Um, have you ever done a podcast like this before? I have never been on a podcast, no. Well, all these fun things we're doing for the first time. <laughs> um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, BRX Mortgage and who they are? Uh, so it's Bricks Mortgage. Uh, it's an internet-based mortgage company. We're nationwide. We are only three years in, so there's they have just okay. shy of 300 brokers, um, and everything's virtual. Uh, so we have support nationwide, so I can do mortgages all across Canada, uh, and we have lenders all across Canada, and we have no brick-and-mortar offices. Um, so we meet, all of our meetings are, are online with our peers, and it works great. Nice. So why don't you first tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be a mortgage broker? So I have been a broker for almost 15 years. Um, When I got into being a broker, I was actually in oil and gas for a decade uh, doing credit exposure. Um, The market crashed. Uh, I had a baby. And then me and my husband moved from Calgary to Kelowna to build houses in Upper Mission. And at the time... um, it was the first of the, the RU3 lots, the smaller lots, and people were really skeptical of this new model of home. But um, that community sold out in about five years, won multiple awards. Um, and so my husband stayed on the construction side, and I've just been doing lending ever since. And so, yeah, here I am 15 years later. Oh, so you got actually... You were involved in building houses, or were you actually involved in like the development aspect? Yeah, like I've, I've built... I've supervised many, many, many home construction, and I've done quite a lot of development and uh, all things real estate. Um, but I really just just want to stick to just doing mortgages at this point. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Too much paperwork. Too much red tape. Yeah, roger that. Yeah. I mean, in, in the last decade of being a real estate agent, I can tell you that the amount of paperwork that is involved in a real estate transaction now has more than quadrupled. And, and I just think the liability risk. aspect. It's just yeah. too risky out there right now with with development and those poor builders. I feel really sorry for them that have these projects they've been sitting on for two years and they can't sell them. It, it's really sad. Do you see a big um, influx of issues coming with the uh, ban on short-term rentals in Kelowna? Yeah. Yeah, I see. I think that, um, like me personally, we bought a condo right at the peak and we've lost basically all of our equity. 
Um, and it's going to be really tough to sell. And the, as the rents come down, we're no longer covering our costs, which, which honestly, I mean, it was, it was like that for a long, long time. Like in the early 2010s, having a rental property always cost you, you know, one to two grand a month, just, just what it was. And then as, as housing became a commodity, all of a sudden the average person is now thinking that having a a rental property is like their retirement plan. So this is all new people making all this money off property. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that we don't have a big, big, there was never a big demand for short-term rentals in Kamloops. I do know that the downtown core has some newer, you know, developments that were sort of built around the idea of short-term rentals. Yeah. And those are, yeah, those are going to be a problem for the most part. I don't think we're the same as Kelowna in that aspect because no, it's such it, a destination location. It feels really unfair. There's a few towers that are specifically built for short-term rentals, and those are all now forced into long-term. So not only are those developers losing all their money, but all those people that bought in early. So it does feel like there needs to be a bit of a balance between what's going on. Like we do need housing and we do need more, but we, we also need to, you know, control the population a little bit. Yeah, totally. We're bringing in a lot of new people into our country and we're not building houses for them. And then we're going to try and make it a, yeah, we all suffer. Yeah. Um, How's the market in your area right now, aside from short term (laughs) rentals, are you seeing a lot? I mean, I know that you work kind of like everywhere. You don't necessarily need to lend. Just in this last week, I had I have clients on the island, and they went to buy a house, and there was 14 offers the same day. Uh, wow. Same thing in Langley. There was a townhome for 550 that had 11 offers. Um, Kelowna is still pretty quiet. Like you're, we're not seeing um, the same sort of volume as you are in other areas. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the? Uh, new property transfer tax uh, amendment that came out last week. Sorry, do you mind clarifying? Yeah, just so the the property transfer tax um, exemption for first-time homebuyers, we got a a bit of a jump in that. It was sitting at $500,000 for like the last decade. Yeah. uh, Which there was no real properties available anymore at that price point. There's nothing. So now the the new exemption limit is up to $835,000. So it's a... That should it's help. really going to benefit first-time homebuyers. Okay. Well, that's that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And what yeah. about on new construction? Uh, they did raise that as well. I think it's sitting at $1.1 million. Okay. Cause it and was uh, there's, yeah, seven fifty before. And then there's like a $50,000 kind of push at the end where it's kind of a sliding scale. So if you're mm-hmm. above the $1.1 but not quite at $1.15, Okay. Then there's a sliding scale. You'll get a bit of a break, but not necessarily a full, complete exemption. <laughs> and where does all this money go, Parker? <laughs> I know, right? It's just piling up somewhere. Because <laughs> says Alberta has only about five or seven hundred dollars per transaction. Um, I know. I know. So there's a huge benefit to buying rental property in uh, Alberta because that no property transfer tax is a is a is a welcoming and site that, for investors. The transfer tax was implemented in the 70s as a tax on luxury homes. I don't know if you know that. And they said it would only be a couple years. <laughs> and here we are 45 years later. <laughs> yeah. I think GST was supposed to go away years ago too, but it's still stuck around. We so, forgot to ask for it back. Yes. <laughs> this community. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to set up a scenario for you. Okay. Okay. Um, let's say the average uh, household income in Kamloops, according to StatsCan in 2020, was about 125K. <laughs> I would say that that's old data. And uh, if we were to give them a, a sizable increase of 8% over the last three and a half years, yeah. which is probably favorable, um, let's say they, the household income would be 135 grand for mm-hmm. average Kamloopians. Okay. So trying to buy a home is going to be very difficult because you shared this case study with me, which I'm going to, I'm not going to ask you to change your stats here and, and data, yeah. but you gave me a case study of a, a Brenda and Monica who were buying a new home and uh, the bank of mom and dad, which I'm familiar with because um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'll be that bank here shortly. Yeah. will be loaning some money uh, to them for a down payment. Um. Now their combined income is a hundred and seven, just over one hundred and seventy thousand dollars annually, yeah. which I think is more than the average. Maybe Kelowna residents have a little bit more spending money, but according to Kamloops, that would be really high. Like you'd be in a an elite category. Um, so walk us through how they would get pre qualified and some of the stumbling blocks that they would run into um, that would reduce their ability to buy a home. So as a general rule of thumb. You can think about what you qualify for in your mortgage is roughly four times your household income, just as a rough guide. So they would be around four fifty, five hundred thousand as they're qualifying at, at the one thirty-five you mentioned. Um, but so lending is all in ratios, and so the lenders for all insured mortgages they let you borrow up to thirty-nine percent of your monthly income towards housing. Housing is the mortgage payment at the stress test, plus your property taxes, strata, and heat. So all of those numbers need to stay under 39% as long as your credit is over 680. And that's pretty much how it is. And then they have these weird nuances for how they calculate your income. Um, Aside from that, you have your total debt service ratio is capped at 44. So even if you qualify for your mortgage, the sum of everything else, your credit cards, your student loans, your whatever, has to be under 44%. And so what people run into if they have trucks and trailers and other stuff is they no longer qualify for the mortgage they want because they have so much other debt that's bringing them down. So for every every $500 payment you're paying over your servicing, you're kind of reducing the amount you qualify for for by a hundred grand. So if you really want to have the big trucks and trailers and whatnot, get that after you get your house. Cause no one cares what you do once you're in your house. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about getting qualified for that, that first initial mortgage. Yeah. Just get in there. Yeah. And then there's always funny stuff too. Like some lenders, even though they say it's 44% will kind of go like, 48, 49, 50 if you have really good credit, but the rule is supposed to be 44. So between that 39% of your gross debt service ratio and that total 44%, what are the things that usually fall in that category? So it's always, it's, so your credit cards, it's always balance times 3%. No one really pays 3%. Um, All your student loans at the full payment and your car payment. So anything that's revolving. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And then of course, if you had like a, 
you know, a payment on a CDU or something like that, yeah. I guess that would get thrown in there as well. And sometimes if you have to, your rental properties fall in there as well. So if you have to debt service a loss on your rental property, that's in there. And that's really affecting people's borrowing as well. Are the lenders looking at, uh, now that we're talking about rental property, are they looking at uh, rental income at 100% or do they reduce that rate by a certain amount? It entirely depends on the lender. The right. most conservative lenders use half of the rent and they add it to your income. And then yeah. the ones that we really like take 100% of the rent and they remove it from the, the rent, the mortgage payment. So it just depends on your lender. And that's kind of why um, us brokers will always be around because we know that the different lenders and their different policies. Like if so, like a CIBC and a Royal Bank, they have the most conservative rental offset policies. So if you don't qualify at Royal or CIBC, chances are you probably qualify somewhere else. They're not sure. going to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. The value of using a mortgage broker. Um, okay, so what do we suspect that an average car payment looks like? <laughs> so car payments used to be... 500 a month. They're coming in right. now around like a thousand a month is a normal car payment. Right. Yeah. It's like the average car is just like a hundred grand now, whereas yes. before that used to be like a combo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. My my husband works at Toyota and there is a two and a half year wait for a new car. Like the, yeah, it's I don't crazy. Doubt. So yeah. I don't know. I personally would rather drive something a little bit older with a lower payment, but then you have the risk of all the maintenance and all the other things going wrong. So who knows? Hidden car, those are hidden car payments. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if we, if we take into account the rough number that you gave me, which was about $500 of payment is yeah. going to reduce your potential buying power by a hundred grand. Yes. <laughs> then if you're looking at, uh, let's say you have one car payment and yeah. probably a lot of people have two car payments in their yeah. household. Usually if you have two. one car payment, reducing that by $200,000, if you're somewhere between $500 and $1,000 yeah. uh, car payment. So the the reason that I got so excited when I saw this uh, case study that you put in here, because I just had a client who who literally made an offer on it. Well, I, I shouldn't say that she, she was pre-qualified and in a number of months went by. And during that time frame, she had purchased a very conservative car, mind you, mm -hmm. uh, but didn't take into account that that, you know, debt load was going to affect her borrowing power. And then when we got to a property that she qualified for and was finally had a smile on her face, yeah. uh, we negotiated an offer in like day one of financing due diligence uh, it's like, this is never going to happen because I, I, I bought a car and I didn't realize it. And I was, oh. you know, I roll into the property and I didn't even think of it right off the, a mortgage broker would see it right away, but a realtor were like, oh, you got new wheels. Like it didn't click right away until anyways. So buying a car is probably where that girl's going to have to live uh, so for the next little bit. Because The other thing you need to be aware of with these long um, closing periods. So if your client's um, buy a house and then they're not closing for three months, the lender will re-pull their credit 30 days out. So it, that really is, um, it really stops them from adding more uh, liabilities to their situation. Yeah. So just be a little <laughs> aware of that. And I often make clients like, reply to an email that says like, I hereby promise not to go out and get any more credit, right. any more loans. Yeah. Make them say it back to you just to ensure yeah. that they got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No doubt. 
Um, okay, so here's a little scenario. I talk about this a little bit in the podcast about this narrative of millennials who just are, it's very open that their narrative is that they'll never be able to buy, uh, you know, a home, right? Yeah. And I always get this sort of image in my head that like there was some sort of idea that it was supposed to be easy, okay? That it wasn't ever going to be difficult to buy a half a million dollar piece of property. So I always challenge to folks that have this mindset that if you'd come to speak to me prior to, you know, sort of making up the illusion that it's never going to happen to you and maybe speaking to you, Billy, mm -hmm. about how to be prepared to buy a home because it is going to be difficult. It's like fitness or training, you know, yeah. you don't just wake up and you have this killer bot and you're ready to run a marathon. You do have to, you do have to take some, one of the kind of key factors that I, I usually try to preach is that it's so easy when you get a great job and you're 25 years old. And the first thing you want to do is show off your, your newfound wealth by purchasing a really nice car. Mm -hmm. And that's probably going to be the biggest detriment to you, you know, buying a home at least in the next seven or eight years. Cause I think most of the car payments now are stretching like 84 months, 96 months, you know, like they got really long time frames so that people can afford a $80,000 Honda civic or whatever they cost nowadays. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I challenge I challenge any millennials out there or anybody who has that mindset that you know they're, they're never going to be able to afford a home. I just looked on before this podcast. I just looked on uh, our realtor server, and we got about seven hundred listings right now in the Kamloops city market. Mm -hmm. And if I cut everything down to three hundred thousand dollars or less, there's still like eighty listings right now available. And yeah, these are one or two bedroom. Uh, condos maybe in an older development but this is like where you need to start because when the next boom happens which could be just around the corner this spring yeah. um, you're going to take that equity with you and you're going to be able to then later carry that into you know maybe a three-bedroom condo and then maybe a townhouse and then maybe then you can get the picket fence and the uh, mission hill property we, that we discussed earlier right we learned that lesson um when we were building the houses in Upper Mission, they were st smaller houses, sort of starter homes. And it came as a bit of a shock that um, even though they were starter homes, clients generally expected hardwood, granite, quartz. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I would say maybe you need to adjust your expectations a little bit for that. Yeah, it's interesting. With the new property transfer tax um, exemption that they just increase the limit to 1.1. 1 .1. Yeah. I would say right now in Kamloops, I'm not sure about Kelowna, but right now, like a spec home is running over a million bucks. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, if you're getting something that's three, 13 or 1400 square feet on the main floor with even an unfinished basement, you're probably sitting around one, 1.1 1 .1, just for very entry level. It doesn't seem entry level because they seem like castles compared to my house, but <laughs> you know, an entry level new build, that's what you're, that's what you're getting. Which is, that is, similar is to fine. You? Well, Cologne is pretty expensive, but yeah, we'd be a little, a little more than that. Yeah. Your dirt's more money too. <laughs> People yeah. just want to live here. I don't know. Yeah, no doubt. So you said you came from the oil and gas. Were you Northern Alberta before? Like, no, no. I worked, I worked for Suncor in Calgary. I worked on the trade floor. Yeah. Um, just monitoring credit exposure for oil and gas. So what's, what is that like? <laughs> so I was sitting on the trade floor 
the moment that Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. And it's just oh wow, grown men crying. <laughs> That's all it was. Yeah, I it was that, devastating. Yeah. It was really devastating. But I mean, that, I mean, that, have you seen that, the big short? Yes, I have. So uh, in yeah. Canada, we're fairly well protected from stuff like that. But yeah, at the time, it was, it was devastating. I think there's a narrative right now where people are thinking that <laughs> that that's going to happen again and, and would happen in the Canadian markets. Um, I don't necessarily see that happening per se, but you know, watching a movie like that, you sort of get this idea that it's going to happen again. It's, it's not, it doesn't make logical sense with the amount of newcomers that we have coming into uh, Canada right now. Yeah. Yeah. So and a I'm million just, and a half people are coming to Canada in the next three years with nowhere to live, nowhere to go. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Billy, for taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy gal, so you probably got stuff yeah. to do, but I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to uh, <laughs> chat with us and enlighten us on why you shouldn't yeah. be buying cars before houses. <laughs> Buy a bicycle. <laughs> Buy a bicycle, yeah. Yeah. As long as you don't live too far away. Okay. Thanks, Billy. Mm-hmm.